You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. I'm, I'm coming to you today in honor of the fragments, in honor of the snippets, in honor of the morsels, the sips, the smidgens, all the little things that make up a life of worship and prayer in Jesus Christ. Now, in the consumer society of um, our perfectionistic world we've got going, our hyper-modern world, um, we tend to dis, uh, disrespect the, the va- valuable tiny things because we all are a little bit grandiose. We all have to perfect some giant thing all day. You have to, uh, just even just if you read Google, you know, you have to read five articles to make sure you know what you're talking about. And so, so it's always big, and it's always a big thing we're in charge of. So little things like mustard seeds in the Bible, or like lilies that Jesus is holding up there that are clothed like Solomon, or like normal people who have radical faith over here in South Jersey, are sort of get disrespected. They're, like a, they're, the, they're the kind of things that we now kind of put out on the, the tray that's, the bargain tray that's outside the checkout counter Rite Aid or something. You know, we just kind of disrespect them and get rid of them. Meanwhile, we're pushed to get bigger. We think we have to get um, bigger in ourselves, you know, more education, more something. I'm never quite enough. I have to get a better job. I have to get more money so I get a bigger house. Whatever it is that Christians have been saying are silly for generations, but we still keep doing. We keep just getting thrown into that, kind of pushed into it. So the point I want to keep making over and over again that I think despising the little things, despising the fragments, even being a fragment, looking for fragments, it's probably a mistake if you despise it. I can prove it from the Bible. And I, I, I'm going to prove it from nature. I'm going to tell you a little about it from my own experience. But mainly I just want to offer a bunch of little fragments of stuff. And maybe I'll give you something or other that you can hold on to by the time I'm done. All right? But before I get to all that, let's, let's start where I hope to end up uh, with blue whales. I have to look back every time to make sure it came up right, because I, I never do the slides right, so who knows what will actually come up. So I got it. Blue whales. Um, to, from January to March, or, I'm just in Circle of Hope. This is not part of your whole concept, of course, but we, we uh, kind of are, it's almost like under the radar. That we, it's kind of the blue season. It's the, the, water, the water stage of our faith development season. Earth, wind, fire, water, depending on the water season. So um, by the time you get to the water stage, as you're moving through your life of faith, um, we hope you're like a blue whale, feeding, um, you know, feeling big, uh, swimming free, and singing in the depths. And I don't know if you can be inspired by a whale. Uh, I, I obviously am going to be, as you can tell, but um, here's what I'm thinking. The mystery of God's presence among us is like an ocean of grace. And what you would aspire to be, what you're growing growing up to be, is like a, a big whale who can swim free in that ocean of grace. I think you should become like that. I want to become like that. So that's my metaphor. By the time you get to the water stage, you're, you're swimming free. You're singing in the depths. In the natural world, of course, um, Blue whales are the animals who were probably the most comfortable in the ocean. I don't know how I would uh, understand that, whether or not I'd 
fish or something is comfortable. But a blue whale certainly looks like a big is because it just swims, you know, nice and slow. Like it just feels like it's super at home, and nothing can really harm it because it's the biggest animal there ever has been. A, a blue whale is a semi plus two cars long. It's big. You can't get that big on Earth. It's bigger than dinosaurs because Earth has a gravity connected to ground. And so your bones, you can't get a skeleton that's big enough to support something that big. But if you're in the water, you can just get big. And so a blue, blue whale went ahead and did it. And so they're giants. You know, their tongues can weigh as much as an elephant. <laughs> their, their hearts are as big as a car. And you can hear it beat two miles away underwater. I did it myself. I verified it. I found this out. I just read the, I just read the internet. That's all I do. But uh, you could swim to a, a um, blue whale's aorta. Gwen would do it. <laughs> not me. I'm not doing it. Come on, let's swim to the aorta. No! No, I can't even figure out how to use my fins. Stop it! Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm moving away. Okay, I'm coming. I'm that's what we do. It's our life together. <laughs> Needless to say, whales are impressive. They're very impressive. And I, I think you should aspire to be impressive as a whale. You know, swimming in your ocean of grace. You've got to imagine it with me. If you feel like you're a minnow, I don't care. You know, just, just go. You've got a free space here. It's like you're swimming in the ocean. That's, that's where you, you can get big. Now, you probably already know, since this is a smart group, that whales are among the baleen species of whales, right? You know this? Some some whales might just eat your leg and bite it off. They have teeth, and that's how they eat. Not, not a baleen whale. They are no more more um, sweet, maybe. They have these um, fringed plates of finger lake finger. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Fingernail-like material that come over their mouth, called a baleen. That's attached to their upper jaw. I think I got a picture of it. Oh wait. We'll see if that works out later. Now we're supposed to go someplace else. We'll see what happens. Um, one of the reasons that they were almost hunted to extinction is because they have this on their mouth. Because baleen spines are great for making. Oh, shoot. I have the I have the brand X slides. Um, I had a great picture of Jane Russell getting into her corset and um, getting tied up into it. Have you seen that on Gone with the Wind and stuff? Corsets are made with whale spines. They're believed, you know, got separated. And so whales were hunted to extinction so that women could be put in prison. <laughs> it's, a just, it's a social justice issue in so many ways, you know. And so um, that's it's terrible. Why Don't murder a whale, especially for a corset. Um, I think we use plastic now so that whales could be destroyed. And corsets go into the landfill and then into the ocean, and whales eat them. But well, that's another subject. So whales, when they um, they use their baleen, they, they they gulp enormous amounts of water, and they extend their their you know their belly, their their mouth to get this huge amount of water, and then they uh, use their gigantic uh, SUV-sized tongue to um, push it all out through their baleen. The water goes out, and little tiny uh, krill are um, preserved in their baleen, and they swallow them. That's how it works. I think I have a video of that. Do you have a video that I can use? 
Okay, I'll just act it out. It's on your sheet. The, um, it was just this great drone video that they got out of New Zealand, and it shows this whale going through like a big semi through the ocean, and it sees this giant mass of krill, and it goes and it just swallows them all up, and then you can see it expelling air as it um, goes through its process of straining them all out and gulping them down. It's quite amazing. I'll show it to you someday when I come back. <laughs> Next time I come, I'll show you the video. It'll be great. Or you can look up on YouTube. It's a National Geographic video. If you get into the National Geographic thing on whales, though, you will never come out. <laughs> so don't do it. Because I know everything about whales now. <laughs> so I just looked at it for ages and said, this is really good. I didn't know all this stuff that's in here. So these krill, um, what, what else did I get up there? Oh, yeah, you probably know about krill because you watch SpongeBob, right? Okay, this is plankton. And plankton, uh, krill are often considered a, a, a species of, subspecies of plankton, which isn't really true, but it, it's fine enough if you think that. Um, the, uh, <laughs> plankton has a, a, an, an, an innate fear of whales. You know, you know this, right? You know about plankton? That he's, uh, because whales ate his ancestors. So on the show, periodically he goes crazy over whales. That's why you came out today. To hear to hear this little thing about whales, I don't I don't I don't think you should eat you know aspire to eat uh, plankton in your ocean of grace. Okay, that's not the point. Uh, but I do think you should look for the fragments that are floating by in your ocean of grace and learn how to eat little things and grow big like a whale and learn how to swim with confidence because I want to come to you in honor of the fragments because krill of grace are multiplying like crazy all around you. And you could get big. If you look for the fragments and you strain them out, you'll probably be as confident as a whale by April. You know, and you could just have a great spring and feel feel better too. You'll probably be singing like a whale too. Because <laughs> more. You know that whales are great singers, right? You've heard about this? When the whales sing in their deep, low voice, you can hear their song six hundred miles away. Yes, I verified this. Uh, I was down in Chile, and I was out swimming, and I was running under the water, and I said, wow, that sounds like a whale out by Eastern Island, at Easter Island. And said, Gwen said, yeah, of course it's a whale. They, um, no, I've never been to Chile. But the, uh, they, they, when, they, when they record the whale voice, um, they have to speed it up because it's so low that humans can't hear it naturally. So they have to speed it up so whenever you hear it, that's not the real thing because they sing too low for us. Um, they also make clicks and stuff too. They have all sorts of ways they they communicate and sing. There's this mysterious symphony going on underwater by sea animals who feed on little things. You get the idea why I can say it's so easy to compare it to our ocean of grace. You know the the vastness of our souls, the the wonder of an eternity might actually scare us a little bit when we first get started. But right after we, we drunk our first cup of cold water, and then we put our toes in the ocean of grace, and we learned to swim in it a little bit, and figure that out, and then when we've experienced the depths, you know, we can't help but sing. I want to concentrate on the songs. Deep calls to deep, the Bible says. In Psalm 42, 
the psalmist gives us a picture of a skittish deer by a desert pool or something when it first starts out, right? You know this psalm, it's so familiar. I hope so. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Let me give you a moment with that. Read that again to yourself in case you're feeling like a skittish deer. Interestingly enough, by Psalm 7, by verse 7, I mean, the psalmist is immersed in a waterfall. He is, is uh, he's, uh, the waves of the ocean of grace are, are washing over him, and it's not scary at all. It's just this quick maturation of what we have seen in verse 1 by, by the time we get to verse 7. We've already gotten through our whole process of spiritual development. Let's read those two parts out loud, those little fragments of the Bible. Just read them out loud and even see ourselves as moving from the spiritual desert into the spiritual depths. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Deep calls to thee, and the thunder of your cataracts. All your waves and your billows have got over me. How does one get from, from thirsty to submerged when it comes to faith? How does that, how does that even happen? How does one move to, to resistance and fear? Like I always connect deer that are so ready to take off and flee somewhere until they're like a big blue whale in an ocean of truth and love. How does that happen? A lot of ways, of course. What I want to emphasize today that I say the process is usually a lot like a whale eating krill. I, I come today to you in honor of the, the fragments, the, the elements on which you grow in your um, probably small, fragmented feeling life have to do with um, latching onto and ingesting the tiny, fragmented, fragmented even snippets. Now, I know that physically, um, a lot of us can pack away some food. I mean, we give away all the runs with our money, maybe. We sit down at big, um, uh, do they have um, all-you-can-eat restaurants over here in Jersey? I know you do. Giant ones. You know, you can get anything you want and lots of it. And with, you know, in Philadelphia, you probably go over and go to some restaurant with these little tiny plates of beautiful food. Go, this isn't a meal. I paid $50 for this morsel. This is terrible. I'm going back to Golden Corral. You know, so something like that. Because we want things that are big. We mock little things and we eat a lot. You know, a whale has to eat like a ton of food to feel full. And I go and I eat a ton too. I eat so many snickerdoodles over Christmas. It was amazing. You know, I, I was like a whale. Um, so you might come to a meeting like this and express your natural gluttony and use it for your spiritual life too. Beware. Because you might come to a meeting like this. I mean, you already got a ton of stuff. Even right now, if you just stopped right now, you're fine. Did you, were you even eating anything yet? Did you take a fragment and chew on it at all? Did you put it in your pocket for later? I hope so. Or were you just looking for more? And you're just like an ocean swimming through the, through the water all day and just looking for more spiritual food. 
if I don't get enough here, I'm going to go to another church where they feed me because I need more. I need more stuff. I need more tiny things. Lots of them. Thousands of them. Because that's what I do. I mostly feed. I never really eat anything. I just feed. You know, and so that's a danger. It'd be better if you were more like a little bee and you were going from flower to flower. You know how they do, right? They're looking for nectar. It gets produced every day. Sometimes they go to a flower and there's no nectar. Sometimes they go to a flower because it's just beautiful and they find out, oh, this is a non-flower, non-nectar producing flower. So they just keep exploring all day and they, they, they thrive on little sips. Their whole life is going about getting sips. That's a real good, realistic way to worship when you come into the meeting or you just go through life. Wait for it expectantly. Look for it. It's out there for you with some kind of trust that you're going to find it. You don't come in every day to this meeting and you start digging it up looking for treasure and be disappointed because you didn't find it yet. You just leave a, the, the landscape to kind of ruin for yourself. You have to go on uh, taking little things. I got a lot of organic metaphor, metaphors going here, don't I? Are you getting confused yet? I mean, I got whales, I got plankton, I got bees, I got flowers, I got farming, I got lilies, I got deer, I got the water system of the earth, you know. I hope I'm, I'm kind of encouraging you to note that grace is all around you. It's built into your ecosystem naturally and supernaturally. And what seem like tiny morsels are really filled with eternity. You can, you can get them. You can have them. Take them in and sing. I used to commute, commute for um, two hours uh, a week from San Diego to Pasadena in my 1972 Datsun 510 to go to Fuller Seminary. My home away from home, this little car, only a lot uglier with my car. Why, why I did that was thick, is a long story, and I'm not going to tell you, even though it's fun, it would be fun. But um, on my commute, I had a lot of time for radio, and I decided that instead of listening to KNX News Radio, which I like, I, I should be worshiping. So I found um, two uh, four-set, four-track cassettes, I think that's what they're called. Um, I was pleased that I had this in my car. I could actually play tapes. And uh, so I got these to the Chief Musician, Chapters 1 and 2, by a group called Candle. That slide is my, my, my 70s in a nutshell. That's what it was like. Candle was part of a Jesus Movement evangelism group called the Agape Force. I'm not kidding. <laughs> that's what they were called, the Agape Force. And they, as a group, they never made it big except for me. I don't think, but I just love them so much. And I memorized these these uh, albums, which were actually uh, basically fragments of the Bible that they had turned into a song. And so I, I memorized them. I used them a lot. They were snippets. And I, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person, I guess, maybe you're not. Maybe you are a natural whale or something that I had to get. I had to grow into more whale size because I'm kind of snippety to begin with. So I'm kind of little. I didn't have too much stuff. So um, I would use the snippets and still do, you know, things like a breath prayer, like we could do with the psalm that we just, we just uh, were reading. And I, I, I still remember them. And then that psalm, you could use it. You know, deep calls to deep in the thunder of your cataracts. Isn't that a great prayer? 
you can just use it, right? You don't need the rest of the Bible. Not right now. You can just use that little fragment. Deep calls to deep in the thunder of your cataracts. You can swim, you know, like a whale in the wet. You can just do that for, for a long time. We did that for 20 minutes yesterday before the council meeting in the contemplative prayer. Wonderful, wonderful time. All your waves and billows have gone over me. What a great breath prayer. Just the affirmation of it. All your waves and billows have gone over me. Even if you didn't believe it right now, you could just see it coming. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready for the tsunami. Maybe it's scare the pants off you. I'm actually going to be with God. I don't know. Or maybe to be so restful. Wow, that was a hard week. All your waves and billows are, are blowing over me. Just the image of it is a place to be. You see, that's how, might, how you might want to use the fragments. Drowning in grace really feels good. Natural drowning? Yeah, I'm scared. I, I, you know, Gwen tries to drown me a lot. But, and I, and I, even in my own lake, I kind of flop around periodically wondering, I think I can't remember how to swim. <laughs> you know, or something. Something's going on. But, you know, then I... Then I finally remember, okay, I'm safe. I can do this, you know. And, and especially when my option of praise, wow, that even feels good. How strange. How upside down. You see how this works. You could use a snippet as a reminder, you know, things that you want to change your mind about. If you're an anxious person in particular and you want to change your mind so you have something else in your mind but your fears and your dreads, you know. Um, I'm a, like, I'm a deer panting for water right now. When you're anxious, to remind you of it. Oh yes, okay. I'm not just panting. I'm like I'm gonna die. I'm a deer panting for water, like the psalm says. I got that in mind. I got okay. I got. Or use the fragment uh, as an exhortation, you know. And, and and the whole thing says we're meant to go deep with God. Deep calls to deep. We're meant to go deep with God. You might be able to get all the goodness of God through just one sip of nectar. And if you're a whale, and you get to the blue, the water stage of life, you know what to do with worship like that. If you're a whale in this meeting, you can strain out the tiniest bit of nourishment that's spread before you in the ocean of grace, and you keep growing with it. Get some confidence. You don't just examine it. What a little tiny fragment of grace. Now you eat it. You open your maw, and you get it. You strain it out. Anything else that's not really that good for you, that's why I go back to the ocean, you know, and let God deal with it. If you get what you need. So I, like I was saying, I spent a lot of time with candle in my thoughts and praising God, and I often felt like singing. Oh, I'm, I'm a singer, so maybe you're not a singer, so that's like maybe that's just me. But um, I would often sing just if the thoughts and action started. I vividly remember, you know, this is a, this is a, an abiding member of memory of God's grace. I would start the car because it often, it often was immobilized by California bad weather. You know how bad weather is out there? Like when it was foggy. When it was foggy, the car would not start because there was dew. Dew, dew destroyed its capacity to start. We would take off the, the, the cap and, you know, blow on the, off, you know, what, I can't remember what that, I, I'm having a senior moment, what's it called? Huh? No, not the carburetor. No, keep going. Sparks, distributor. There it is. The um, blow on it, and uh, hopefully get the dew dried, and then it would start. When it, when it did, when it miraculously uh, would start doing dew, I would praise God all the way past the lunar snows, all on my way to the office. You know, because it was wonderful. 
the uh, the car is running. And it was it was great. And I would sing a candle song. One one of them I had eaten, and and I still did, and I still do. They made a song from this psalm, Psalm twenty eight. You know this one. So great. Let's 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 read this one out loud. But don't just read it. When you're reading it, look for a word. Look for a fragment. Look for a feeling. Look for some kind of thought in there that is what you should be reading. Just give it a try. If that assignment's too hard, just, just note, hmm, this side assignment feels too hard for me. Don't just become a failure. Just, take, just let it meditate on that, all right? Read it out loud. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleadings. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, so I am helped and my heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. I don't know if this was their best song, um, or if any of their songs are really that good, but I want to offer you some fragments of the song that they made out of this psalm, because uh, different lines of it come to my memory, especially when I start the car. Oh, God heard the sound of my pleadings. Praise God. The car, the car runs. I, I can go somewhere. I, I continue to, to affirm these old things and use them, and they, they stoke my confidence. It gets rebuilt a little bit. So um, as you repeat them after me, and you, and you memorize uh, the candles' fragments about the fragment that they used, just mull over the prayer and see if it's yours. See if you, see if you can use it. See if it should be yours. And if, and if it can be, it will be. That's, that's praying, right? That's how you find these things out. You, you do them. You, you swim in it. You try it out. You trust God in it. See what's, see what's there. Because you're already in an ocean of grace. What, what, what problem could there be? What's going to happen to you? Right? So no matter what you come across will probably be good for you in one way or the other. So that's praying. And so that's trying for it. So I'm not going to show you any words just to see if you can bring it in. You have to listen to me and actually be in your own place. If you have to make up words because you can't remember what I said to you or I sang to you, that's okay. I can't remember them too. I made them up. I don't have to, I don't have to do the song like I'm processing data. Who cares if I write about the data? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exercise, exercising my heart. If I have the wrong words, it'll be fine. We're in an ocean of grace here. doesn't matter. Can't sing? Perfectly fine. Does God, does God care one second about how well you sing? No. Let me just repeat it. No. Does God care that you care what you sound like to others in the room when you're singing? Yes. He cares about it deeply and knows that you're, that you're upset about it. And that's okay, too. We'll work it out. All right? It goes, you are my strength. Oh, God, it's not on the screen. I'm not singing this thing. I'm just singing it. And you're supposed to sing from You sing it back. Don't sing it with me. Just because you know. You are my strength, oh God. Next line. You are my help, oh God. You are my help, oh God. You are the one on whom I The one on whom I whale sound. You 
are my shield, O God. You are my shield, O God. My life I yield, O God. My life I yield, O God. For you will ever be my all in all. That's very well for me. For you will ever be my all in all. I like that last note. You can just let that reverberate for a while. I want to sing it a couple of times so just put it in your head. So when your Dotson starts tomorrow, you can sing it, okay? And you can repeat that this uh, great moment in history. I hope it's good for you, too. I got a really great car outside. You can see me drive away with it. It's really a rental car. So I'm not afraid of that. I'm just going to sing such, wow, I have a rental car. It is big as a whale. Okay. Um, sorry, now I'm confused. You are my strength, O oh God, help. You are my help, O oh God. One unto my call. You are the one on whom I call. You are my strength, O oh God. Oh, oh, wait a minute, I messed it up. You are my shield, O oh God. <laughs> Thank you, Gwen. My life I yield, O oh God, for you will ever be my all in all. Just contain that. In case you don't think my idea about living on the fragments is really that useful. You know, Jesus was doing this Sermon on the Mount. He's, he's, his whole sermon is based on fragments from the Old Testament, right? Paul is always doing something like that, too. He has these in his mind, and when he's talking to people, like in Ephesians 6, he remembers one of them. And he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Isn't that straight from Psalm 28? Probably. Probably something. You're living in an ocean of grace, and um, or else you just know about one. You're dipping your toes in it. You're using it to run your water wheel if you're doing something productive. So go about your your day like a whale. If it suits you, go go about it like a bee. I like that one too. Try it. Try it like a deer. I like the whale because I'm shooting for the incompetent. I think the world's tough right now. I like seeing my day as not in an ocean of um, difficulty and strife. In, the, in reality, I want to live in reality. No, I live in an ocean of grace. And I'm going to open up my mouth and use my gigantic tongue to strain out the good things that are right in my environment. I don't want to miss any of them while I'm looking for something else while I'm wondering why I'm so hungry. I'm right in the middle of it. Um, so encounter that goodness and eat it. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. 
If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.